you know, when you're seeing mainstream television programs and it's basically someone on a Zoom call from their kitchen, <laughs> you know, if it's all right for them, then it's all right for us too. Hello everybody and welcome back to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me Alice Sheridan and me Louise Fletcher. We're gathering a little bit early this week um, so it feels quite soon on last week doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to what we've been working on I'm going to be I'm not quite sure about that yet but um yeah, we've got a little bit of a, a change at this end, which won't affect any of you. We're still hearing this on Tuesday mornings. Um, and hopefully this is going to be an episode that will boost and inspire you a little bit. So we're going to be talking about some positive stories, things that have come out of, um, I don't, I said to Louise, I don't want to use the word lockdown. Anyway, we're not in lockdown or maybe we are by the time we hear this again, who knows where we'll be. I think um, I am. I think you're not. You are, are you? You're I in think the... Yeah. We we're a bit confused because we're yes. in an area, we're near a city that's supposed to be locked down, but we're not really anywhere near it. We just, that's our postcode. And so we're all a bit confused. Yeah, everybody's a bit confused. So that might affect some of what we say. But back in April, um, that was episode 66. We did an episode about how will this change the way that we that we artists work and the way that we're working. And we touched on a few things about um, beliefs about selling and connections and about how your actual work might change. And we thought it would be interesting to check back again now. So we're recording this um, in middle of October. Um, Just to feedback how we are both doing and how what we both see from within, I suppose, not only our artist communities that we have but bigger picture things that we see um, a little bit wider and um, we hope as I say that there's going to be something positive in there but before there are some things positive in there um, but before we get into that then tell me about your week how has it been oh well speaking of positive I was thinking it's only about a month and a half maybe two months since we did an episode called help why is my art going so wrong and that was me just going I've I just can't do anything. I'm useless. What's going on? Help. And it couldn't be more different now. Yeah. It's like the only challenge I've got now is remembering that I've got friends and a house and a husband and a dog and a family to be with. Because really, if I could just put lock myself up in my studio for 12 or 13 hours a day, I'd be quite happy. I've even been taking a little packed lunch over so I don't have to come back to the house and get my lunch because if I come back to the house get my lunch then I sit and start reading the news online and things and it just takes time up if I just take it over there I eat it while I'm working and I keep going so I'm just totally on fire and uh, the positive that's come out of this time for me is coming to a decision on how I'm going to show the paintings which has changed everything so I was thinking it's probably a bit like if you have a show lined up and you know you need 20 big paintings to fill this gallery space then you have a focus you get you've got 20 canvases and you just work until you're done or maybe you get 30 and you have 10 left over but you keep you have a goal and because I had no idea for what I was going to do. It was just very amorphous. And it was um, developers, tech developers call it feature creep, where you just keep adding and adding things to something and it never gets under control. Now, the decision that I've come to is that the focus for the paintings will be to put them into a book and to write about the process, to share the process to um and then to have a final section which is the paintings so the book becomes the exhibition and then probably following on from the book I would probably do an online exhibition of the paintings themselves with an opportunity for people to buy them and I probably have prints so I have this whole plan now and so the book gives me a structure for what I need yeah so 
sorting out, uh, I spent some time sorting out my photographs of all my sketches, photographing sketchbooks, going back. And the going back into sketchbooks sparked some more ideas, which set me off doing some more work. And it's just been really productive, really productive time. And I'm loving every minute of it. And it, perhaps it means that I do need that. It's interesting. I've never had this kind of focal focal point thing I'm working towards. Maybe mm. I need that. Mm. But um, I think it I think it can be to everything. It's great. I think it can be very helpful. But I think that there are also times where you need not to have it. So it's mm. it's very definitely one of those areas where it's not only what suits you better what suits the time you're working in and what do you need right now and it doesn't help us to put too many rules about any of these things I mean I have both times where I really like having a deadline and then also I've noticed this week that actually I've been working really well if I decide I'm going to do one thing on such and such a day if I can kind of say to myself it's almost a bit like um playing hooky from school if I'm supposed to be doing thing a and I go off and do thing b instead it feels much better and vice versa there's almost a deliberate twisting that's going on so sometimes it really helps to have a clean focus and sometimes you need to be free to to play and do something else and it's there's there is no definitive answer in that it sounds really exciting though maybe Sorry, I was just going to say, I suppose I, I only got the focus out of having the time when I didn't have a focus. Exactly. Yeah. So it came into being that way. Yeah. You're very difficult, sometimes very difficult to begin with that. And perhaps that is one of the things that's changed. Perhaps maybe particularly for somebody like me, the last however many years, four, four years have been governed by having events that are mm. external events. They've been fixed shows that I've had to get work ready for and I don't have that anymore and that that is a big adjustment um that coupled with working in the studio outside the home which has been huge and is is still problematic in some ways I would say for me Mm. but but the big thing is that until now things have been decided by outside dates and events whereas now perhaps what we've all got to do is just take a little bit more responsibility and control about setting what those things are going to be for us. Mm. Perhaps with a different length of time scale as well. Maybe that's something else that's changed that it's okay to have, you know, very short term things and some very long term projects as well. Maybe a mm. sense of time scale has changed. Have you got any idea of that yet? Or you're not putting any dates or times on that at the moment? I'd like to have all the work finished by Christmas, I think. Okay. Like it it'd have been brilliant if I'd thought of That's this in quick. time. It'd be great if I'd thought of this in time to have actually the book done by Christmas and on sale by Christmas, but I didn't. So it won't be a Christmas present. So I've decided not to put any false timing on myself. And the, yeah. the Christmas thing is flexible. I'm not pressuring myself about it, but um, there's a lot of work to be done after the paintings are finished if I want prints I need to find well I know who the photographer and printer would be it's there's somebody local who's very good so that's fine but if and then I need to work out the actual logistics of how I'm doing the book and how much it'll cost and perhaps I need someone to design it for me it depends so there's a lot to work out once I know what the work is and once I've got all my general content, but I'm, I'm so loving the writing part. So I'm letting it develop organically. So I've got a word document full of notes. I've planned the structure. And then every time I think of something, I go slot it into the relevant place. Um, Oh, make sure there's a section on that. Make sure there's a little bit about that. I don't picture it being a really dense read. I picture it being more somewhere the the text is just a paragraph some pages where it's a couple of pages somewhere it's just a quote or something so it'll be quite I can I can imagine the whole thing I can see the flow of it now and yeah I'm really excited about it sounds really I think it'll be really interesting to see how when you get to that part of putting it all together you'll whether you'll keep on adding you'll still be painting presumably so you'll still that's where your what did you call it what creep 
Product feature creep. creep. Feature, feature creep. creep. Yeah. That's where your feature creep is going to come in, isn't it? You're going to be like, oh, oh, there's another one. I just need to pop <laughs> in here. It will. And if, as long as I felt like, okay, I've got a good collection here, I'd be all right with adding more. But I want to know, yeah, I've got enough for this to be a worthwhile project. Oh, jolly good. You know, what I like about this is it, it very often it feels like when you're on an up, I'm on a down and vice versa. I know. There's this kind of balancing of boats like a wave that goes up and down. Um, so I, I haven't really done that much this week. Um, my, my win of the week was cycling into the studio. I know. When you told me that, I was like, wow, she's brave. Uh, no, but I actually found it and I have been putting off doing this, let this be a, a lesson for myself. I have been putting off doing this for a long time because um, the road is not a nice road to, to cycle on and I really didn't want to do it. Um, anyway, I found a new route, which is actually really rather nice. Uh, it's quicker than going by tube. It's all downhill on the way home, pretty much. You don't think of London really as having ups and downhills, but when you're on a bike, you notice the up and the downhill. <laughs> so that was quite nice. Um, I did say to my husband, I said, it was great, but I do need a bike with gears that work that's not just stuck on second gear all the time. So he took it off on Saturday and had it serviced. So yay, next time I do it, I've got a bike that work. So that was quite good fun. I really, I enjoyed that. Something else, another option of how to get there. Um, I have been artistically, though, a bit, yeah, you know, partly because of what we've just spoken about. I don't feel that I particularly have a thing. Um, and I also don't feel at the moment like I've got a huge amount of time to get lost in exploring that. I've got a lot of other things that I'm working on. Um, some are, you know, slightly dull, businessy accounting the things that I've been trying to resolve um other things are things for the membership so I've been working this week on a section for getting those really boring pages that nobody really likes to do but you should have so terms and privacy policy and all of that kind of stuff which is actually quite good because it has been a reminder to go back and have a look at mine uh, and I'll, I'm also just starting to get ready for um uh, getting some some prints prepared and again that's something else that we was prompted by a discussion in the membership group um so people have got some really good feedback stories about how they've done that in recent shows that they've had. So we're bringing that into it as well. So quite a lot of those kind of things rather than necessarily painting things. But, you know, that's the way that's the way it goes. That's how my week has been. On to this main discussion then. So as I mentioned, back in April, we had this idea to talk about you know how is covid going to change things and as we all know <laughs> the landscape is not only is it changed it's changed and it keeps changing and it keeps toing and froing changing and it's affected us in lots and lots of different ways so we had a question come in from sherry or cherry i'm sorry if i've got the pronunciation of your lovely name wrong um, but she asks, have there been any positive aspects to artists of the lockdown, e.g. virtual exhibitions, more online sales opportunities or new interest in online courses and workshops? So we thought this was a great prompt to revisit that and share some of the stories that we know about with you. Maybe in this kind of run up to Christmas, it will give you a little bit of an extra boost that you need. But let's talk about that then. So... Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the work itself or shall we come back to that part? Well, certainly for me, I can talk about the work. I'm not so familiar with what's happened with, well, I do know some other people who've developed interesting series in this time, actually. So for me, I've already said it has been really positive. The dedicated time. Um, is although, that to do with Cliff, lockdown, though? How much of that is to do with the situation? I was going to say, what's, what? What lockdown's given me is freedom from social commitments. Right. And that's the free time. So it's given me more evening time. Lockdown did not actually change my working no. life any. So no. I was just as busy. In fact, I think I was more busy. I think to the point the questioner made, and I'm saying because I don't know if it's Cherry or Sherry, so, but to the point she made, 
my online course, particularly the free part of it, was way busier than last year, partly because I did better marketing, but I also think partly because it was everyone at that point was locked down in most of the world and people were looking for something to do. Yeah. So that made me busier. Um, so, so work-wise, I can't for myself say it made a massive amount of difference, but I did notice, and I'm sure you've noticed this, that you couldn't buy any art supplies anywhere or you could yes. a lot of art supplies were gone because everybody felt like making art all of a sudden. And well, my I think local, the supply chain dried up, didn't it? Yeah, but my yeah. local art shop, I was in there the other day and I went a bit out of sympathy, you know, oh, I'll go buy something because I feel bad for them. And I said, how's it been? And she said, we've never been busier. Our online orders have gone insane and they have been since March. And she said, our framing, they have a framing shop next door. And she said, we can't keep up. We're delaying or we're telling people four or five weeks now for orders when it used to be quite quick. Yeah. And that's because of this, this drive everyone seemed to have to, oh, everyone. A, a lot of people seem to have to be more creative. However, I've also seen people say that they didn't feel as creative. So I think it varied. I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we we started, uh, we were going to, we started, I think when we thought that it would be a short term thing with an end, um, <laughs> we started a hashtag and account called Mark This Time. Um, and some people did pick very specific focuses and projects to work on within that. But I think we certainly both noticed and the reason it, it kind of tailed off us sharing to that was that actually uh, most people that I saw weren't doing specific projects they were continuing their normal work with perhaps a slightly different angle on it but there were some artists who focused very um, closely around something that this um, this event focused their attention or it was something that they wanted to really be a topic that they were working on and I mentioned before Abigail Bowen's work um, she did a series related to it as well. But for most people, I think art has been a relief and a release rather than this being a focus or something they want to do. In my own work, it's very, it's different. It's very difficult because there is no doubt that when you're working, perhaps in abstract more than anything else, how you're feeling about things comes out in your work a little bit more. And um, I've been, I've, I've been quite topsy turvy, and you know, perhaps that's why my work feels a little bit topsy turvy at the moment. That I kind of moving in and out. I don't feel like I can settle very easily, and I think that that has been perhaps difficult for me. But this sense of art being a relief and a release both for the people making it and for people who are interested in it. And here I'm using art with both a capital A and a small a. In terms of how people appreciate art and the arts has been huge. And this week in England, there has been a massive Ferrari about a government retraining poster, which actually it came out, they people initially thought that it was in response to um, a, a chancellor's and um, our chancellor's discussion about people in the arts should retrain. And there was this poster saying a, a photograph of a ballerina and saying, you know, here is Fatima. Her next job is in cyber. She just doesn't know it yet. And the response, I have to say the response, the parody ads for it have been hysterical really really you know funny but also pointing out everything in that ad the designer the costume the architect designed by a building you know the graphic designer that are everything comes from the arts and I think there has sort of been a little bit of a waking up that even if we're talking about painting art arts at school arts in the life of our children art in the you know what makes us feel better in life that I think there's more recognition of that amongst everybody now. And that's a massive plus. It has to be. Yeah, that is interesting. I can't say I'd thought about that, there being that. I mean, there isn't from our government, but, it, but <laughs> it'd be nice. It's nice if there is. I mean, there is definitely an awareness when you can't go to a play and you can't go to an art gallery and you can't go to a concert. Um, for the people who love that I've got a friend who spends all his time at live music that's what he does every night and to not be able to do that 
uh, you know, I know he appreciated it before, but I think he has much more of an appreciation of it now that it's not there. Yeah. Um, See, I just did. um, um. (laughs) There have been some of those events taking place, though, at distance. I mean, I know somebody who's very into music. And last time I bumped into her in the park, walking the dog, and she was off to a concert. And she said they're doing it. But, you know, everybody's sitting in separate clusters in the audience. But we're talking about how long ago now? Six weeks or so ago now. But like you say, she was super excited about going because it was the first time she'd been to anything for a very long time. Yeah. Well, this this particular friend, he had pneumonia last year and he's just not going. He's He's like paranoid. Yeah, he's staying safe. Um, But my another friend of ours went to something similar. And again, people seated at tables and um, but it's occasional. That, that kind is. of thing at the moment isn't it it's a big yeah. event and I think I'm missing exhibitions so I'm missing the spontaneity of just being able to get out go just wander go into something pay to see it because you know they do exist but you've got to get time tickets and blah 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 and do you know what I can't be asked. I, I, I just I mean maybe that means that I'm not propelled enough to do it um, I think I'm a little bit nervous that it would feel different. So maybe that's something that I do need to do. I did book myself a massage this week. And that's something you see. I thought, oh, they will be, people won't be going. I can't get one for three weeks. Mm. But at least I've booked myself in now. But but I, I'm missing that, that spontaneity. You know, I'm the missing. exhibitions though, particularly London, I mean, that's not something I miss simply because it's not available to me on a daily basis anyway. So, um, but I totally would miss it if I lived somewhere where they were available. However, if it's time tickets and it's limited people, it might be brilliant because whenever you go to anything big, you can't even move or see the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Might be able to go to a good exhibition and actually see everything. Yeah. So there's a big plus for lockdown. <laughs> that is a plus. And it was certainly a plus. I had friends who traveled to um, Amsterdam in the summer and went to the Van Gogh exhibition and said it, museum and said it was like empty. They had it all to themselves. So you're right. Maybe, maybe the time is now on. I tell you what's on that I want to go and see if there are any spaces left. And this is the problem with time tickets is that it becomes more limited. So this is a potential Potential downside on the bigger level. I think in recent years, we've had a lot of kind of blockbustery art exhibitions, haven't we? That are really, that are really big, that lots of people get tickets to, they sell out, there's a lot of fuss about them. And I know there's a kimono exhibition on at the moment at the V&A, which I quite want to go and see, but it's only on till the end of October. I, I might be wrong, but I bet if I go and try to book a ticket for it, it will be full. So perhaps there's something there in this sense of we're used to having this stuff available to us. There is a desire for it. And when it's not there, people perhaps are, might be looking for it in other places. And maybe that's where it comes in and there's benefits for us. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk, first of all, so we've got a few things here, haven't we? Let's talk about workshops and courses online, first of all. I see people with a relentless appetite. And, you know, some people who um, I think you don't need another course. You don't need another course. They're taking more courses. And some of me is kind of, you know, kicking myself thinking, you could have done, <laughs> put a course together. And I just, I just haven't yet, brackets. But... People, there is a massive appetite for artists and they are taking course after course after course. And I think a lot of it is because we want to be led. We want a connection. We want to do something that we're involved in. that gives our time a little bit of structure. I think that's a really important part of it. But I don't see that letting up, do you? No. And, and I was thinking about, I mean, I know quite a few people who've, who did in-person workshops in, in past life and yep. who have, yep. and who were the kind of people who said, Oh no, online teaching's not for me. And then who have really bravely yeah. just waded in and got on with it. And I'm thinking of, I made a list of people that we know. So if you're listening, Jeanette Phillips and Jane Emerson and Sally Hurst and Helen Milton, who was into starting into that before, just before, but really has gone into that. And Karen Stamper, who had a few little online workshops, but 
she used to tour the country teaching and now she's purely taken all that online we had an episode with karen stamper if you want to listen that was back in march that was just as this was breaking um and she was talking about teaching online and offline episode 63 um so you know that might be quite interesting to go back and listen to again some of the things that she was considering but she has just had a very successful um launch of a of a project that she's doing that that replaced what she would have done in person and it's gone really well i know it's taken her a huge amount of work to put together uh behind the scenes and there is no underestimating that but the fact is there it was back in march as an idea and here we are now in october it's six months it feels like a really long time but in the bigger picture of things that's not that long to spend putting together for something that is going to carry on benefiting for a long period of time. So yeah, I agree. Especially when you're painting as well and you do, you know, so she's, she's had other things on the go. So yeah, the, the, those are inspiring stories to me because um, it's not, it's not something that comes naturally to those people. And because, you know, they've had to figure it out as they go and they didn't have past experience in anything like that and seeing how successful it's been, I, I see then it spurs people on once they do it once and they realize, Oh, I got, you know, so many people signed up that, and I didn't even do very much marketing. What would happen if I did a bit more? So that's been really inspiring, I think. And as someone who's taught online this year, it's the, the gratitude was overwhelming. And so many people said, in this time, if I hadn't had this, I don't know how I would have got yeah. through. Particularly, there were people in, like, South Africa was really locked down for a long time, like, totally locked down. And and I had one lady on my course, poor, poor lady had gone to Greece on holiday and got locked down and not allowed to leave. And she managed to rent a, she called it a crumbling cottage. Um, and she'd managed to get some art supplies delivered. And she was just, and I think she's staying there now. And she's going to renovate this house and stay. But, um, you know, she was just there for, so people like that, having something, when you're delivering something online in a time like this, you're actually giving solace to people in a different way than normal. it's interesting isn't it because we all if we're not careful me included have a tendency to get wrapped up in our own way of seeing things and and thinking about things and that's one of the things that I think perhaps has been difficult and inevitably we all still live in our own bubble what we see in our life and you know, wherever we live in the world, in the country anyway. But I think that's actually one of the things that has been difficult about this is that because people have been out less and interacting less, you're not seeing as much different sides of things, which is usually quite uh, thought-provoking, challenging, makes you, in a good way, you know, makes you realise that there there are other sides of it. And I think one of the difficulties about this is that, you know, we all we all do become too too insulated in our own bubble and last week we we had a call in the in the membership and I had a little bit of a rant about going a little bit easy on yourself um somebody was saying they were finding it difficult because there was this great long list of things to do and I was like oh for goodness sake you know that was funny when you read that list out loud it was like (laughs) it was literally her question of I could do this and I could do that and I read it out in a different voice but it was so funny and I finished that call and I thought well I don't know if that was a bit personal and that was a bit too much and I had so many comments on that and personal messages from everybody saying basically you know thank you it's really good to know that we're not the only one feeling like this and the the point of doing anything that involves other people on an online sense is that you realize that there are people dealing with totally different situations all sorts of things making art when they're stuck making art when they're in they have no space where they've got children all sorts of different things and it just opens that up again a little bit and i think it can be it can be really successful um those kind of online spaces 
Mm. Um, but in terms of people putting together courses, the thing that I really like about it is it's really pushed people's um, safety thresholds in what they're prepared to try. Almost like they've held back from doing it from themselves and their own online presence, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but they're, they're okay doing it if it helps somebody else in a course. And now they're doing all of the, people are learning to edit videos and, and work out how to load them onto YouTube and share them and put them on their website and all sorts of things. And that's fantastic. That has been, that has been one of the biggest, biggest, biggest bonuses. Love yeah, seeing and that happen. I, me too. And I love how I've seen the different ways people have handled it. Some people have been have accepted that okay I don't have to do the perfect brilliant best course ever right from the yeah. beginning I can do it in a way I'm capable of now in a simple straightforward way and then I can advance on it as I learn and develop and grow and that's really encouraging to see too because I think often what stops us is we think well I want to do something as slick and professional as that person over there and since I don't know how to do that I just won't do anything yeah. And that's another thing where I think a good example was set to us early on, you know, with proper capital A artists, actors, things closed down. And, you know, when you're seeing mainstream television programs and it's basically someone on a Zoom call from their kitchen, <laughs> you know, if it's all right for them, then it's all right for us too. There's a degree of license that it's okay to do things with, with like that. And I think that was quite helpful to see that that's actually happening. It really, you know, it's changed people's expectations in a much bigger way that gives you a doorway into doing it. So all combined, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Looking back, actually, how things have changed. OK, so the next yeah. thing then is people's own work online. So um, so we've talked about online courses and workshops so online sales opportunities for your own pieces and at the beginning and I think if you're not doing it yet you really got to be careful but to get your own online presence in gear active and up to scratch and this is this has been a big opportunity and lots of people have taken that they have they have dived into it we've had 6 months now so that's quite a long time to, to get started with all of that thing. It takes time, this online presence stuff. Um, so it's not necessarily going to be immediate. But if you're looking ahead into the future of what you want to do, if selling your work is important to you, there is seriously no avoiding this now. You really, really need to do this. And this is where there has been, I think, quite a difference between people who have seen things work well and things where not a lot has has happened for them you've really got to get your online presence in gear and active and doing things and people have been doing it and I've seen people who have started selling more actively they've been talking about having work for sale so it doesn't even have to be a fantastic all singing dancing website it could be as simple as simply talking more often the fact that you have pieces available for sale on Instagram um, and that's great to see and it is making a difference i love this and i think one of the things that made a huge input to that was the artist support pledge mm. and of course and of course matthew burrows has just been given an mbe for his work in that which was really exciting really i didn't even Did you not know see that english i thought he was american no oh. no he got just got an honors in the in the queen's honors list wow that's great and I think what that did was it, A, not only pushed artists into making work available, but it really encouraged people to buy it. And certainly, I love this. This was a, this was a message that um, Emily Finch, so she is an artist in um, southwest London. She's got young child at home and her sales through talking about it locally on local websites as well as on big platforms like Instagram. She says, um, I found a whole cohort of people who would maybe never step into galleries but are now happy to buy online. And, you know, she, she's, she's selling great. And it's lovely to see that when people come back and they report back at the end of every month, you know, things that have gone well. Yeah, so I had somebody... Evidence 
Somebody in my group, Carleen, if you're listening, she's an excellent, amazing painter. And she, she paints these very moving, semi-abstracted paintings of horses, amongst other things. And they're so obvious to me, it's so obvious that those are saleable, you know, like they're just going to touch people, move them, and people who love horses are going to want them. But she's quite reticent, as many of us are at the beginning, about saying things are for sale. And she put some paintings on Instagram for the first time and sold four paintings at, at once. And she was stunned, but everybody else in my group was like, well, of course she did. <laughs> she yeah. told people they were available. But that, that kind of, it doesn't have to be you put on a great solo exhibition and it's just that stepping forward probably wouldn't happen in the world we lived in before. And it's happening now in this new reality that we currently inhabit and hopefully won't inhabit forever. But when we come out of it, everybody's going to come out of it with so many new skills and so much more confidence. Yeah, it's exciting to see. Um, one of the things, though, that perhaps we should touch on is, are people getting tired now? Is there a saturation point, you, do you think? I think there was, with the artist support pledge, there was a time when, certainly at the very early days, you, know, you could just use the hashtag, and then there became a point where it, that wasn't enough. It, was, it kind of became flooded. And I think one of the things that people are, perhaps a bit tired now um you know there is no novelty now with meeting up with people on zoom <laughs> like we're done maybe um but is there a sense do you think that people are getting a little bit tired now a bit like me not wanting to go to book for exhibitions is there a sense that people are a little bit tired of doing so many things online and how do we manage that going forwards if this is something that you want to do i think it's i've got two examples actually that tie into my belief about this which is that as long as what you're doing is unique and personal to you so the artist support pledge got saturated because we were all doing it yeah then everyone jumped yeah. in then it was like everyone had bought enough paintings and still hadn't got them framed and so now what you know but if you're doing something that's personal and unique to you and that suits you, and I've seen lots of people doing these kind of things, then I don't think that it, I don't think that people get tired of it any more than they get tired of going to galleries. You know, somebody mm. doesn't say, oh, I like concerts, but I've seen enough concerts now. I'm going to stop going. But it's got to be something really personal and unique. And the two examples I thought of from my group, um, and actually you, both these people I think are in your group too, are um, Rachel Davis, first mm -hmm. of all, who's, she's done some amazing, all sorts of amazing sales efforts and virtual open studios. And she's really put herself out there recently and she's seeing the results from it. The yeah. more she puts herself out, the more results she yeah. sees. So the latest project that Rachel's doing that really is inspiring and special is that she's, she's for many months, maybe even a year and a half, been working on some paintings related to her mom who died of Alzheimer's. And the paintings are, are mainly of her mom and dad when they were young. And she's been working on this project and a bit like my Ted Shoes, I think she wasn't sure what she was doing with it, but mm -hmm. she was following it and wherever it led and she has now come up with this really creative idea to create a silent auction of one of the pieces to benefit um an alzheimer's charity and i'm afraid i don't know which one but i'm going to give you a link to get all the information and she's also selling prints so if you don't want to bid on the original you can buy the prints she's also got a link to donate and to, to promote this, she's made this very moving and beautiful video about her mother and telling the story. And what's so inspiring is it's, I'm seeing all the threads of what I saw from the beginning all wrapped up together into this very cohesive thing, which wasn't clear to anyone at the start. And you can find Rachel's, if you want to donate or have a look or watch the video or bid for the painting, she is rachel and it's davis d-a-v-i-s 
So racheldavisstudio.com and you can find the information about the Alzheimer's project there. So that one, that's not the kind of thing you're going to get tired of because it's totally, you know, one of a kind and unique and it's going to speak to a certain group of people who have experienced that same thing. Um, And the other one is um, somebody we both know is Gwyn Penny. And what I loved about Gwyn's story was she wanted to go to Cornwall. She goes to Cornwall several times a year. She loves this particular place in Cornwall. She couldn't go and she was gutted. She was depressed. She was moping around. She was complaining that she couldn't go. She just, everything's been taken away from me. This was back in March, April. And then she decided, what could I do to make myself feel better? And she decided to go through all of her photographs of this place and just cheer herself up by looking at them. And then that sparked an idea to make paintings of some of the images. And then that sparked an idea to write these little, they're kind of poems, essays. She said she wasn't sure what to call them, but they're, they're almost like poems, but little memories of happy times. And that sparked an idea to put them all together in a book. Mm. Um, And this little book is beautiful. I have a copy of it. And so personal. And she's going to use it at shows for marketing. She's going to promote it to her followers. But more than anything, it was a a mental shift that she made that I found inspiring. Like, okay, if I can't go there, what can I do? And yeah. she said it really, really helped. Making those paintings really helped because she was she was feeling like she was back there even when she couldn't be there. Yeah. And it, it's that. And that's what we are good at. And I'm pretty sure I remember saying that. It might not have been in this episode, but uh, earlier on, you know, actually as artists, as creative thinkers, we're in the best place here of anybody to kind of deal with these changing situations. You know, that you can take one idea and think, well, what would happen if? How could I do that another way? What, that's kind of what we're doing. That's what this design thinking, that's why it's so goddamn important, Richie Sunak, that we, people still keep developing like this because it's, a, it's an important way of thinking. And you're talking about books and I'm going to mention um, Tracy Elizabeth Downing's book again her, her book Moems in Mind that was this combination and she's she's kept on doing it I'll put a link to her website in the show notes too so but she's she has kept writing these but she wrote the most brilliant poem after dropping children off at university it was fantastic and this was something that she'd been doing before but she'd never really kind of got it into anything and she put this collection of poems together in this first book and now now I'm 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 nudging her into doing book number two when she's ready because they they still keep coming they still they still keep kind of bubbling up and I think that they are fantastic um but this is an important part about this is we're talking about people we know because they're involved in groups or we see people doing it and I think we need that I think we all need that because we do all hit these little, the lows or the brick walls or the bits where we get stuck. And it's really easy to just say, oh, I don't have the energy for that. I'm just going to park that. But sometimes when you've shared it with other people that you're going to do it, or other people can just give you one little spark of an idea that takes you onto the next stage, then it keeps going. But I think there are lots and lots and lots of, of positive things around. But you know, we do have to carry on being inventive and being open-minded. And before we finish this, I just want to um, mention this as well. So Faye Bridgewater, so in Brighton, they have a, a series called Artist Open Houses, which is coming up. I don't know how that's going to go. But, you know, Faye, she's looked into using Eventbrite as a booking system for that so that people can come safely and book in without having to make any payments for tickets. So using all of these different things that are available to us, and it's all come about as discussion or somebody else making a suggestion or somebody just trying it. And then when we see somebody else doing it, it gives us leeway too. So we're going to be uh, talking over the next few weeks. We're going to be having some of these people come on and talk to us so that you don't get bored of the sound of our voice. You can hear somebody else's viewpoints and hopefully they're going to be sharing some of these um, tips and ideas and conversations with you we 
also have a listener question this week, and I will just read this out anonymously. Um, but it's a great question, I think, and I've seen a, a number of different angles of this come come about. So there have been some artists that have had work caught in galleries that they can't get back again. But this question is, what do you do when the gallery you are working with returns your painting? So I've been working with a gallery for a long, long time, five years. I have a good relationship and they've sold a lot of my work previously. They have a mixed show every summer. Um, so I brought in some new pieces but since then, the gallery has returned the painting saying that they're running out of storage space. Can I give them back? Um, she sold very well with them in the past. But the question is, the paintings aren't old and I don't paint this way anymore. I don't really feel I want to put them up on my new website because they won't be a cohesive match with my work. Um, I'm a little bit miffed and I felt like selling them at a huge discount to recover the framing and cost, but then that would devalue paintings that people have bought in the past. So we had a little bit of um, discussion about this or, or I did with this person. But the real question is here is what do you do or how do you keep on top of this relationship that you have with galleries and what do you do with work that is in your mind old work? So one of the suggestions here is that you could use them as some kind of charity or fundraising auction so that they're not, if you like, going to waste. I think the issue with this, though, is that I would always be careful about how much work you have with a gallery if they're not selling it. And being a little bit brutal, it's kind of your responsibility to keep in touch with that gallery and check how things are going. Because, yes, this situation where somebody returns something that are four years old that no longer fit with what you're doing, that's a bit tricky. But it's kind of you've kind of just put all the responsibility in the gallery's court rather than keeping on top of it yourself and I've never had this long-term relationship with a gallery when I've done work with a gallery they've taken work for an event and then I've got it back again so I haven't had this long-term tie-up but I think it reinforces what we're saying here is that a lot of a lot of the opportunity going ahead is in you taking responsibility for getting that work out there and not yeah, I totally on agree. Gallery relationship. It's tough because though, because it's, it's nice when galleries sell work for you. <laughs> yeah, but if they were there for four years not selling, then you know that you know that you know yeah. that they're four years old now and they're still there. Because if they were not still there, you would have had a check. Yeah. So, um, and so as far as they're old for this person, but they're also old for the gallery, and so at some point. The thing with galleries, I always think is, I don't feel any resentment towards them for the fact they take 50% or, um, you, you know, I, I once worked out a few years ago whether I wanted to open a little gallery. This was like a pie in the sky idea. But when I started working at the finances, I thought, no, 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 no. This is like a losing game. I can't mm. see any way this would be worth all the hard work. So I, I can kind of get the finances of it. It's not easy for the mm -hmm. galleries mm -hmm. however so i so i totally understand it as a business on their side and if they have paintings that are not selling they are going to give them back that's just the way it works and i but i the reason i've never been interested in that route really is because i don't want to be in that situation if something's not selling i want to know that because it's because it's in my possession and then i want to either if I love it keep it for myself or if I don't love it sand it down and work on it again and make something new out of it and sell that but th there's um there's a, a bit of um this person was upset with the gallery but actually I think the gallery was also acting reasonably you know well I think, the, I think there is the gallery could have been in touch earlier because if the gallery yeah. has had a number of works, 19 pieces or something, they're not all going to have been on display. So they're sitting in a gallery back room. Well, they're not going to sell sitting in a gallery back room, are they? You know, you've got, you've got to be um, actively promoting. Things. Yeah, both, both parties need to have yeah. been communicating, don't they, regularly? Yeah. 
but the question here and then we went on to we we went on and we had some ideas about what to do with this so i think this is a slightly tough lesson to learn really it's a kind of shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted scenario isn't it it, you know we can't turn back the clock but what we can do is is going forward and i think any whenever your work is out anywhere it's as up to you and that gallery to keep in touch about it and if if they're not selling it for you they are acting as your agent but you need to keep on top of the situation as well with this one so i think it just totally as you said reinforces what we've been saying when we have our destiny in our own hands we can do something about it doesn't mean not to be with galleries but it does mean to have a monthly check-in with yourself and your inventory and just wherever it is because for some people it's in multiple places where is it when was the last time you spoke to them have you checked if it's on display or if it's in the back when is it going to be on display if it's in the back now that kind of thing and um and just be our own manager really yeah that's it isn't it it's a managing the gallery is your agent but but you're you're your own manager maybe at some point we'll all have somebody else manage it for us but i don't see that happening for a long while (laughs) (laughs) to wrap up then have you got a what's inspired for us this week I have. And as usual, because my entire life has now been consumed by Ted Hughes' poetry and life. What does Phil think um, about this? <laughs> well, he's not bothered. Ted Hughes is long dead, so <laughs> he's not bothered. Is he bored of hearing about it? No, he does. I don't bore him with it. He's not, <laughs> okay. he's not interested. Um, I just bore you all with it. But I was going through his book of, there's a book of his letters. And one of them is to his daughter and his daughter is still alive and she is an artist and a poet. And he had written to her after going to one of her exhibitions. And this so perfectly ties in with some of what we've been talking about today that I wanted to mention it. So this was in 1993. He had been to her exhibition and, oh, this just makes me think, imagine if my parents understood what I was doing this way. That would be nice. (laughs) he says seeing all your pieces together was really something you have no idea how joyful I felt I had absolute confidence that you're getting hold of the real thing what I like is the terrific full face blaze of feeling coming out of the flower paintings as if you were pushing yourself into a furnace of your real feelings Frida that is so rare and they are so beautifully grasped completely and strongly grasped so complete in themselves they might be too much for some people ignore those people don't be depressed if non-sold your best paintings are unforgettable and absolutely your own people will come back to them and gradually pluck up the courage to buy them this is my favorite paragraph they are completely free of the slick tricks evasions easy options impersonal stylishness of accepted art They are purely your own and absolutely true to you. All you have to do now is go straight on further and deeper into what you've got hold of, not in some other direction, but deeper into what you've brought into focus. They will lead you where you need to go. And then he writes some other stuff. And then he says, hang on a sec, sorry. He says, P.S. And you've done it all on your own. Following nobody, you've dug it out of yourself. That is a terrific psychological victory. And I just love that. Because, yeah, if your dad, my dad would have been really proud if he was still here, but he would have had no idea what he was looking at. And my mum just tells anybody that she sees, I don't really understand any of this. (laughs) But that idea, I love the way he touches on that idea of like, you've dug it out of yourself because it doesn't, gloss over the fact that this takes work you know that it's not easy that it doesn't come in a straightforward smooth line you know that there is an element of digging and doing and presenting it and you know dealing with people who don't like it or aren't interested um yeah but if you're feeling the tug to do it again we come back to this don't we it's what you've got to do time and time again time and time again that makes it sound like hard work but there's a degree of I think that's the point about events 
exhibitions, any anything like that is that it's a marker point of celebration, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's what we need to carry us forward for the next wintry months in this hemisphere. A few little marker points of celebration. I wonder what mine will be. Maybe that's something to go away and think about. But well, like you said, you've maybe got to have that period of experimenting and playing in order for it to become clear what it's going to be maybe maybe or maybe 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 that's just a preconception that you need a lot of time for it and I, I I think sometimes that there are like last week when I had these kind of little revelations about non square things again I don't think it necessarily is always sequential and smooth I think it really does come in fits and starts so I don't think it does have to be dependent on a on a big period of time but I think just just this feeling that I I'm not feeling low about it because I know that there is a continuation and at some point things things will happen or it will happen but this little marker points of celebration I think is really important in terms of how we're thinking about this whole period where you put those little pause points in go on you're going to say something I was just going to say this yesterday uh, or the day before I started six paintings small ones based on a year and a half ago I went for a walk up on the moors to a particular place Top Withens is a place that inspired uh, Emily Bronte to write Wuthering Heights and I went up there about a month after that, I went to the workshop that you taught in Yorkshire and we did this tearing up, um, we tore up our paintings and made abstracted collages out of them. I ha- and for some reason, I know why, because I was making photographs for the book. I went back to that sketchbook and I and I saw the photos of my walk to Top Withens and I went, oh, I want to make, I want to make some collage landscapes on these small boards based on that walk. And so the two things came together. That sketchbook from that course has been lying on my shelf for mm. 14 months. Mm-hmm. And at the time we did it, I said to you, oh, I'd like to do something like this. But we talked about the problem of getting glue in the way and how you could do it so that it would look nice without glue. Um, and that idea has kind of come back after all this time. So it's yeah. exactly what you're saying. But I, I'd not thought of it since then. So it's just, they just, things just come. You've just got to keep those things going, haven't you? Because, you know, like we're talking about, and we often talk about looking back at things. And of course, you know, the other side of that is whatever you're doing now is going to contribute to the future version of you in 12, 14, 16, 18 months time, however long ahead it's going to be. I thought you were going to say years and I was thinking, will I still be here in 18 years of you? 18 months okay well it was funny I was saying months and while I was while I was saying months I was actually thinking years because I was thinking back I had a conversation with a friend recently and he said you know where we were at university he went back to and he said the entire street has been pulled down and rebuilt he said it wouldn't you would wouldn't recognize it at all apart from one of the buildings but he said you you wouldn't recognize it and it made me think about the building that we had our degree show in and you know everything that I was working on then and I remember then visually trying to pull things into together in a way that I felt satisfying of course not knowing then what would happen at any point after it and and we never do but you're just I think you're just always laying these foundations aren't you and you know we're still doing it now for whatever the future version is so right I guess we better leave it there um I've enjoyed that conversation this week that was nice yeah. it was you bit, have to a bit of an uplift bit of an uplift yeah what else is an uplift today what else is going to be a good thing oh I've got a I've got a meeting with my little pod so in Alice's membership group she set up pods and uh, studio pods and you meet in groups of four to discuss your work with other people and get feedback and input and ideas and we're doing that this afternoon so I've got that to look forward to and I've got to look forward to possibly driving my stepdad back from his MOT if his car fails. So ah, always a bright spot. <laughs> yeah, that way you can, that would be your very help, your helpful crown, won't it? Being polished yeah. on that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you? What's going to make your day good today? 
Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do um, a little bit of, I've got quite a lot of paperworky stuff that has been ongoing and is a bit scattered. Um, yesterday I had a bit of an off day today. I'm having a very much on day. So I'm going to get on and get that, um, get that done and finished and tied it up. I'm going to put my new playlist in my ears. I'm going to go and make myself a coffee and I'm going to get cracking on that and have a jolly good afternoon. And we will see you next week. If you are interested, by the way, in any of the things that we have talked about, you can find out, is your membership open? Yes, it is at the moment. If you are interested, by the way, in any of the things that we have talked about, um, Louise's membership which is called Art Tribe. You can find out more about on her website, which is louisefletcherart.com. And if you go to my website, alicesheridan.com, you'll see a section called For Artists. And you can sign up there for the waitlist for the Connected Artists, which is my membership. And the plan for that is that we will be opening again properly in January. But I did have a little sneaky idea this week that there might be something a bit sooner said it out loud now but you need yes. to be on the wait list for that so um if if you are and that is only a wait list for that so that's nothing to do with my regular um newsletters so just if you're interested in that make sure you're on that list and we will see you again next week goodbye bye By the way, this next episode will be 600,000 downloads. Ooh. It's going really fast now. I'm watching now. I watch people on TV who, who speak and they don't um and ah, and I think, how do you learn not to do that? Do you know how many times I earn? When I edit my own videos, it's appalling. <laughs>